it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, what was I going to say? Was I about to say something else and I recap the game? I, I, you said you were going to talk about Lindor later. I don't oh, know if you that yeah, now. Lindor. Let's get to this guy. He's having a great season. This is There's no debate about that. He's having a great, great season. And I think for a while, there were certain stats that some people are obsessed with where they'd say, but he's not having a great year because he's hitting 258. Or he's not having a great season because his OPS is 750. I think Lindor going into this Philly series, obviously, if you've watched him every day, he's been incredibly clutch. His numbers with two outs and runners in scoring position have been awesome all year. He is it seems has been one of their most clutch players all year long. The Atlanta series, both of them, the one in Atlanta, the one at home. But now he has all the numbers. He's breaking team records, and he gave a great answer about breaking all these team records. He said, I don't really care. I want to win a World Series. He said, that's the record I care about. That's got to be music to all of our ears. So now I think where Lindor is in the middle of August is he's kind of ended any debate about what kind of season he's had. He's had a great, great season. And that doesn't mean we should go back to debating the contract or the trade or what they gave up because all that stuff's irrelevant now. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that he's here. He's coming off what was an awful year one that goes right up there with the other awful year ones of New York trade and or free agent signees that come with big expectations. But the best part is in year two, he's done what Carlos Beltran did. He's having a great year. And here's the part as a Met fan that you really have to love. If there is a big spot in a big moment, you want him up. I'm not saying he's the number one guy on your list. I think we can go back and forth about that. There'll be some who say Jeff McNeil. I kind of lean towards Jeff McNeil, believe it or not. There'll be some who say Pete Alonzo. There may be some who say Brandon Nimmo. It's great that we can debate four or five guys, but you are not afraid to have Francisco Lindor up in a big spot. And that's where we are with him. 270 for all you batting average people, which I've moved on from in my life. I still think 300 is like a cool accomplishment. And I still think winning a batting title is a cool accomplishment. But I do agree. I'm not living and dying on a guy's batting average. 270, 20 home runs, 81 RBIs, 80 freaking one RBIs. I know you need guys on base in front of you. So it's a stat that relies on others. But you still have to drive them in. And now he's got the OPS above 800, which I think is like, let's get it there. Here's what Lindor's doing this season. He's doing what his career numbers said he should be doing. 
And that was the concern I had for the last two years, that Lindor had a bad 2020. Okay, who cares? Weird season, pandemic. Had a terrible 2021 and got off to, actually got off to a good start, then he cooled off and had like the over 22. But over a period of time of 2020, 2021, and the first month and a half of 2022, you had a baseball player that didn't have good numbers for an extended period of time. And I looked at his career numbers and said, well, we just need him to be that. He doesn't need to be better than that. I'm not expecting Francisco Lindor to morph into somebody he's not. I just want that guy. And here's what we have, Met fans. We have that guy. Nothing better, nothing worse. We have that guy. And that guy is fine. That's the guy the New York Mets traded for. And that's the guy we're getting right now. And he's also comfortable here, you could tell. And I don't know if it was getting rid of Javier Baez or just the winning. You know, sometimes winning just cures all. And this is a Met team that's been winning from the get-go. And speaking of which, right now, in the middle of August, in a season in which they are on pace to win well over 100 games, right now they're playing their best baseball. Because if you look at how they've gotten to this point, which is 72 and 39 or 73 and 39, I think we're 73, 73 and 39, 112 games in to this season, they are off to their second best start in the history of the franchise. Only 1986 is better. And by the way, they were 75 and 37, which means the Mets are two games behind the pace of the greatest team in the history of the franchise. Are they going to win 108 games? I don't know. And I think there's going to come a point where that doesn't matter. It's going to be winning in the postseason. But they are off to their second best start in franchise history. And right now they're playing their best baseball. Because they've gotten here by being good and never bad. Like, think about it. When were the Mets at their worst this season? When did they play their worst baseball? I don't mean to pick on the Yankees. When have the Mets played what the Yankees are doing right now? Yankees are really, really struggling. Pete, is there an answer to that? Because they've never played this bad. Uh, I, I know two series, which I wasn't happy with, was against San Diego, both series there. But I guess like the, the West Coast trip, but even that wasn't that bad. Dude, it was 5-5. Like, five and five. We, Yeah, we escaped. That, that's what's kind of crazy about what they've accomplished, but it's also why they are 73 and 39. They have had big portions of the season. In fact, I'd say most of the season where they haven't dominated, where they haven't had a stretch like this where they've won. I mean, going back to the finale of the San Diego series, do the math on it. It's 14 out of 16, I think it is, 15 out of 17, whatever it is. We could sit here and just add it up together if we want, but it's a great, great run. They haven't had a stretch like that. But what they've done, and I'm looking at their baseball reference schedule, is win three out of five, win six out of eight, win eight out of 15. Like, they haven't had bad stretches. Like, I would say their worst stretch. Here it is. Let me give you their worst stretch of the season. They split the last two games against the Marlins, lost two in a row to Houston, won two out of three in Miami, lost two straight to Houston. Yeah, that's what is that? You know what that is? A two and five stretch. What? Okay. They lost five out of seven. Like, okay, the San Diego series at home. They had lost the finale against the Cubs before the break and then the first two against San Diego. Okay, but around that, they were constantly winning. So you can't even pick that stretch as their worst stretch of the season. Like, there literally isn't 
a bad stretch that the Mets have had. Other than, hey, they lost five out of seven and they can't beat the Astros. Dude, that's remarkable. And that's how they are where they are. And that's why a stretch like this just piles it on that, you know, they could win 105 games because they haven't had a bad stretch. Now, will they have a bad stretch? I tell you this, man, if this rotation stays healthy, I don't think they will. Because even if their offense goes quiet the way it did for a decent period of time, they pitch well enough where they may win a bunch of games anyway. Where they may, you know, squeak out a couple of two-to-one victories. But that's the part of this team that's the most impressive thing I've ever seen as a Met fan. They haven't had a bad stretch. And, you know, God willing, their bad stretch doesn't come the second week of October. Obviously, things can change then. But this is a team. And I, I don't mean this as a knock on the Yankees. The Yankees are going to be fine. They're going to win the American League East. The Yankees are going through a rough stretch. And Yankee fans are going to overreact to it. And what I would tell them, maybe they don't want to hear it from me, is you're going to win the division. Every great team has a rough stretch. Get it out of the way now. Except the Mets haven't had a rough stretch. <laughs> and that's, that's mind-boggling to me as a Mets fan, that they have not had that. By the way, I mean, the one thing that I think I take away from this series more than anything else is Yes, it's the Reds. Yes, the pitching was great. Hitting was great. But the biggest takeaway is I think that Scherzer and DeGrom didn't have to pitch the series, and we saved them for bigger series. Like, that was like, I don't know if that was perfect planning by Showalter and the Mets, but that worked out to our benefit huge. Look, I think that this rotation without Jake and Scherzer is pretty good because they didn't have Jake and Scherzer for two months. So we already saw that when Carlos Carrasco and Chris Bassett, and obviously we didn't see David Peterson here or Trevor Williams have to start, but when Bassett, Carrasco, and Walker pitch, this is a damn good team. This was a team playing at a great pace anyway. So, and that's what's going to be fun about the Philly series, which we'll preview in a few minutes. But I tweeted something out before we started this podcast, and it's, it's something I said on the Rico Bronia with you a couple of days ago and something I said on the air the other day because I truly mean it. And that is in my lifetime, and you can imagine people parsing that word, in my lifetime, this is the best Met team I've seen. Doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series. Doesn't mean they're going to get to the World Series. I get it. The 2015 team got to World Series. That was my lifetime. The 2000 team got to World Series. That's my lifetime. I'm talking about right now. I can't win a World Series in August. And yes, I acknowledge that anything can happen in the postseason. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I knew I would get a lot of tweets up. Well, I haven't won anything. Of course they haven't won anything. It's August. You can't win anything in August. But right now, when you look at this Met team, they're better than any Met team we've seen in my lifetime as a fan, which begins in about 1991. Because the first tweet I saw was from Indie Rock Sucks. And Indie Rock Sucks wanted to be literal. According to your Wikipedia page, you were born in 1983, which means 1986 was during your lifetime. So I guess you mean one that you remember. 
that's of course what I meant. My lifetime I mean, as a baseball fan. Not when I was born. Like, I don't remember 1983 or 1984 or 1985 or 19. I honestly don't remember anything until about 1990. I don't remember anything until I was seven. Is that fair, Hoff? Are you the same way? Yeah, that's about the same with me, too. I don't remember t- them until they really started sucking, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's really where I was like, oh, this team is. Why do we like this team, Dad? I don't, I don't get it. They won a World Series? What? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read some of these responses. First of all, before I read any of the responses, Pete, you're a little bit older than me. Not a lot. By a like, year. You were too By older? A year. A year. Yeah, so we're the same. Year. Like a, yeah. You don't remember 1986, correct? No. Not at all. Okay. You don't remember 1988, correct? No. Okay. No, I don't. So we are dealing with the same life cycle. Yes. Am I right to say, and again, playoffs, anything can happen, but am I right to say this is the best Met team we've ever seen? I think the only one that's debatable, there's only one team I think is debatable. My Go opinion. ahead. It's 2006. I think that team was special. I think they were on the cusp of, I mean, they didn't win it, but I feel like that team, the trades they made, people they brought in, I'm like, wow, this is, this is something here. This team is very comparable, if not better. Um, I think the pitching staff clearly is better now. But then the pieces that they they brought in at the deadline, I think, are doing a job that is like a Sean like like to me right now like what Naquin reminds me of is a Sean Green. I feel like that's that's pretty comparable. Um, and I so so you look at you look at the team and you go, they brought in the right pieces and that that makes it work. And again, you're right when it comes down to it, what they're doing on the field, how they play, it's 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 incredible day in day out. So so two thousand. Six is interesting because the rest of the league sucked. And I think we always take that into account. Like, the New York Mets of 2006 were the biggest favorites to win the National League pennant of any Met team, again, in our lifetime, because they weren't favorites in 99 or 2000 or 2015. But in 2006, the rest of the league was terrible. It it just was. And I think that played a big part into us looking at that team as maybe better than what they actually were. You know, they had a really good lineup, that 06 team, and they had a really good bullpen. Their rotation left a lot to be desired. And and look, they went to the postseason with a rotation that was very different than the rotation they had for a bulk of the regular season. They were planning on El Duque being the game one starter, and then he's jogging in the outfield, pulls a hamstring. We never see him again. But I think back to that 06 team, and while game seven is as devastating a loss as one could have, I don't think they were that good. I don't. I think that they benefited from a league that was very, very down. Very, very down. Because forget about the team that beat them in the NLCS, an 82-83 win team in the St. Louis Cardinals. Who else was good? The San Diego Padres that year? The Dodgers, who they disposed in three games? Like That was was as bad a league as I remember. And I'm not complaining. The Mets benefited from it. They won the National League Eastern Division title by a million games. Not the best record by a lot. Great. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, they couldn't take advantage of it. That was the biggest problem. Right. But, right. But, but, but again, you look at the – I just look at the, the players on the team, too. Like, it felt like a juggernaut offensively. Offensively, like I, yes. Yeah. I, I'll, I will not debate the, the pitching staff was the lackluster, which is the reason why 
you know, 07, they couldn't close it out. 08, they couldn't close it out. There were so many reasons that they couldn't continue to get back but, to the playoffs but this, years and years. But think about this team right now. And look, again, the numbers are the numbers. They're on pace to win over 100 games. There have only been three 100-win teams in Met history, and all of them are prior to our lifetime. 88, 86, 69. They have a bullpen that, while we may not trust, features the most dominant closer in the sport by a lot. That's what Edwin Diaz is right now. He's the most dominant closer in baseball, and it ain't close. It features two aces at the top of the rotation and really a really good one through five, and then an offense that has been productive, an offense that's very tough to strike out, an offense that's very tough to pitch to, an offense that features a mix of star powers and then excellent platoons, and we've seen this great production out of Ruff, Vogelbach, and even Tyler Naquin, who's clearly had a bigger impact than any of us could have imagined. Because when Naquin was acquired, Vogelbach and Ruff, we knew, okay, they're replacing Dom and JD. They're going to be your DH platoon. We all knew that. I even sold you as hard as I could. Look at their numbers against lefties and righties. And so far, it's been great. And everybody loves it. Naquin, we looked at as, he's an upgrade over Travis Jankowski. Yeah, but Pete, they're not using him like Travis Jankowski. He's become... I don't want to say an everyday player, but he's a heavy platoon player. And the way he's been hitting, he's going to play more and more because he's been crazy productive. That's why I gave that Sean Green comp. I'm like, I remember Green, his defensive uh, level was a little bit off with the Mets in 2006. I think he was a little bit more older towards the tail end of his career. But Naquin is still youthful enough. He still plays a good, solid defense. And and his bat's coming alive. And yeah, you're right. They're going to use him. Listen, it's coming together. It, it truly, it, it, that was one of the more underrated trades uh, the Mets did during the uh, No doubt. For sure. No, I think we all underrated it. I'll read some of these tweets in response to what I don't even think is a controversial statement. I believe that they are the best Met team of our lifetime. Hopefully it leads to, you know, them winning a World Series. Yeah. Um, mucho aloha. Lots of season left, Evan. Wish they went on this run in mid-September instead of mid-August. <laughs> I totally understand that. I totally understand that, that you want to play your best baseball at the right time. But look, it's a good time to do it because they've created separation in the NL East and winning the division is important. And look, if they continue this run, look at their next eight games. They're playing or seven, 11 games. The Philadelphia Phillies, the Atlanta Braves, the Philadelphia Phillies. If they continue to play good baseball, this division is over. If they continue to play good baseball. I've been a fan since 92. This is from Angry Mr. Met. Angry Mr. Matt. I've been a fan since 92, and I'd say the 06 was better than this one. However, the pitching staff and the manager are better. Okay, well, those things are important. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, way to just burst your own bubble, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Clara Nessa says it's too early. That's not saying much. It's Look, too early. If they play 500 ball the rest of the way, they win 97 games. I mean, we're 112 games into the season. It's not too early. Like, obviously, we can't simulate October to find out what happens, but what are we talking about? There's 50 games left. You're telling me that the Mets can't go 30 and 20, and if they do, that's what, the best record of all time for the Mets? 108 and 86. That's the, the best of all time is 108 in 86. And so to do that, They'd have to go 35 and what does that add up to? 15. That, that's a lot. Yeah, they're not going 35 and 15. 
<laughs> as good as they but are. They can go, but they can go 30 and 20. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, all I'm saying is they're not going to, I don't think they're winning 108 game. I don't think they're going to beat the 86 Mets in that regard. And that's, right. by the way, that's fine. Uh, Metal Man, I was nine to see the 86 Mets, and there was a special toughness about that team. They would beat the crap out of anybody at the drop of a hat. It was fun. This team, though, looks like it could top it as a baseball team. Well, okay. <laughs> the 86 Met team will beat the crap out of you. 